0: Live from the 937 The Ticket studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Lloyd's in Lincoln. With former Syracuse Orange and Long Beach State basketball star Ramel Lloyd Sr. and current Nebraska basketball athlete Ramel Lloyd Jr. On 937 The Ticket in the TicketFM.com. Here are your hosts Ramel Sr. and Ramel Jr. That's right, welcome to it, 93.7 The Ticket, the TicketFM.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all those streams available for you. I'm the one non-Lloyd in the building, Austin Norman with you here running running the show, behind the scenes, got the two two gentlemen in studio as always. It's been a minute, guys, how we doing? Yeah, what's up, Austin? We
1: miss you, buddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming back, not skipping out, even though it's me and not Harrison this morning. Uh, what's been up? Camp went well at the end of June? Yeah, yeah. Um, camp went
1: really well. We were we were we talked about it a little bit last week or the show before, and we was thanking everyone who, you know, who helped us out with that. It was a, a real community effort to make sure that the kids got uh, a great experience, you know, from
0: mm-hmm. playing
1: ball, from the guys that came in and talked to them, from the food that they was able to eat, and uh, just the camaraderie. So it was, a, it was a great week, a week of uh, well, three weeks.
0: Camp. Right. Yeah. What's that like? Three weeks of a camp because I think you know a few days here and there, yeah. but three weeks at a time.
1: That it was that's tough, you know, because normally, normally you wouldn't do a camp for three weeks, right? A basketball mm-hmm. camp. But we, we, you know, we started the thing, started this thing a little late. We had some other plans that we wanted to do, but we ended up making it all basketball. And what was weird about this one is that the kids never got tired of playing. You know, like you know, even me when I was young, at some point yeah, at a basketball camp, you get a little burnt out. Uh, But I think, you know, they they did other things, you know, they they just had fun. He was there with uh, their friends and, you know, so it wasn't just all basketball for them, but uh, it was good. It was good for the community.
0: That's awesome. Mel, for you going through it, you know, as a freshman coming into campus, you get to fall camp. Did you ever have any of that burnout at all? Get tired of it?
2: Yeah, I mean, not getting tired of basketball, but just getting tired of just – so much playing and uh it's on your body really you know I was sore you know I was tired just coming into it so it's, it's a whole nother level from high school to uh, college especially when it comes to weights and things like that so it was definitely a little tiring at some point
0: what was that adjustment from high school to college what was the biggest jump
2: that's definitely the biggest jump just the consistency of having to play hard and be in the weight room and, and really just the toll on your body that that college basketball brings to you especially in the summer when you're trying to get uh re- ready to for the season so you know that's one of the biggest things this year coming in and knowing what I'm getting into and and just understanding what I got to do to take care of my body and eat healthy and do the right thing and so I can be successful.
0: How how important is that to have that that year of experience? What did you like? How important was last year for this year for you?
2: Yeah, definitely. I feel like I I kind of like the, a cheat code. I got I got kind of got the the book to the to how it goes and without even losing my eligibility for a year. So basically, I'm a freshman again and just not a freshman at the same time. <laughs> so it's it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of fun.
0: Rock, as you look at what you see, Junior going through, mm-hmm. how does that compare to your days? You know, in, in camp, mm-hmm. Syracuse, Long Beach. What's yeah. what's changed? What's the same?
1: Uh, there's there's a, there's so many things that change. We probably need a couple shows to talk about how much changed. <laughs> it's, it's been so long since I was a long in long time. Uh, but you know, the the thing about it is that um, being that it was so long ago and so much has changed, the fact that I've been involved in the game from my time of playing. Uh, until when I stopped playing and I started to coach and I started, I coached AAU at a high level. I coached high school at a high level. So I was in the pro, you know, I was going through the process of all the changes, mm-hmm. you know, as they were occurring. So it's not like I just was going after I played for all of this time and came back. And it's like a total shock. So for me, you know, I've been part of uh coaching and all of that stuff during those transitions. So, uh, it doesn't seem like a drastic change because I've been in it, but, um, A a lot has changed. Well, first of all, you know, obviously the biggest thing is the transfer portal uh, and and the transfer portal, not only the fact that you can get in the transfer portal and that exists, the fact that you can play right away. That's the biggest part of the transfer portal, which which is considered a, a hurt and a help to a lot of different people. You know, when I played and you transferred, you had to automatically sit out one year. You had to redshirt that year. So that changed the whole game. It did not, it, you know, a lot of people didn't want to transfer because they, want, they didn't want to sit out. And if, also, if you transfer within the same conference, you had to sit out two years. That's right. So that was pretty much unheard of. No one would ever, ever transfer in the same conference. So now these kids, they have a little bit more leeway to, to kind of navigate their own careers in college, which, which has its negatives and positives. But uh, they can play right away, obviously, once they transfer. And they can transfer within conference, which was just literally unheard of back then.
0: Absolutely. 402-464-5685 if you got anything for the Lloyds. Well, DP's normally in here. He's been out in Vegas.
1: And the whole crew, whole crew's out there. Who else is out not there, the no, Not the whole crew. We, yeah, we're here holding it down at the station. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Las Vegas Lloyds sound good, too, don't you think? We could have did a Lloyds in Las Vegas or something for a
0: weekend or something. Mm-hmm.
1: The boss man left us here to hold it down, so we, we we're happy we're to do that. MGM. Though,
0: <laughs> so it's DP's out there. He took Stry- uh, Strick Stric, and Rico with Strick and Rico. Is it? Yeah. Jay was heated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rico's um, never been, so good for him he gets right, to go. But right, Jay yeah. was heated that Rico gets oh, to go.
1: Man. I'm sitting there watching all their social media stories and stuff, and I'm like, man. But <laughs> happy for him. I'm glad they have. They're having a great time, and so much going on in Vegas this weekend. Uh, uh, those guys deserve it. They work really hard here at the station, so.
0: What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas to some degree. I have yeah. a fantastic Rico story I want to share, but it's not mine. Uh, but he goes back tomorrow. I no, leave, leave keep, it to him to share. I yeah, let
1: him do his own thing with that. We won't get a in trouble.
0: <laughs> Seriously, summer league. We're a few, mm. few games, few weeks into that now. Anything stood out to you guys from from summer league?
1: Um, you know, obviously. You know, summer league is always uh, great because the anticipation of seeing the young guys coming in to the league and getting their first experiences on the court. Uh, and then obviously we, uh, this year they have a, a guy who they considered a generational player, uh, considered probably the best prospect coming out uh, since LeBron James came out. So, uh, yeah, I, it's just exciting. I mean, I, I you know, I really, you know, as an older guy, I just feel – I feel uh, proud of a lot of these kids. Um, a lot of them I, I do know because a lot of them are in the age of Rommel now and we've been playing against you know them since they were young and I know so a lot of their parents. Uh, and I'm just happy for for the opportunities that they have and, and look forward to probably being in that same position. Yeah, definitely.
2: I mean, it's good to see some of the guys I've been playing against since I was 9, 10 years old be able to um, compete at that level and, and do their thing. So uh, cheering on some people and just looking forward to hopefully getting there one day.
0: Who are those dudes?
2: I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, uh, the guys that were one and done were in my class. So you got guys like Keontae George, uh, Jordan Walsh. I played against all those guys. I was on a visit with Jordan Walsh uh, back in high school and out of college. So I I know a lot of the guys that are uh, just getting in the league right now. Yeah, well, you got to forget AB, your teammate. Oh, my own teammate! <laughs> <laughs> right, right, my that. own teammate, Amari Bailey. Bailey. Forget about that. that. <laughs> you got young guys, uh, Peyton, yeah. Peyton Watson, who, who, Peyton, who uh, I grew up with, grew up with in Long Beach. But Peyton's not a rookie though. So. He's not a
1: rookie, but I mean, he's still excited to watch him play. In the yeah, season. I mean,
2: there's so many more. I would have to look at the rosters and go through it, but it's, it's good to see. Yeah. yeah,
0: playing with Amari growing up, like you said, were you watching UCLA as he went on? You know, watching him kind of grow into his role out there.
2: Say that again, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, watching Amari from the start of his year at UCLA Mm -hmm. to the end, seemed like there was a huge jump. Did you see that progression coming? Did you see him pop on the scene late?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think he just had to find his rhythm and just get used to the college game. I mean, a lot of it is about opportunity and just figuring Mm -hmm. out. A lot of guys have talent and skills. It's just figuring out where your spots are and and where you're going to be successful at when you go up in levels. So I think towards the end of the year, he realized what he was going to get to and and be able to be successful with. So uh, he definitely made a huge jump.
0: Watching Amari, Peyton, those guys, mm-hmm. what did you see for them in their growth in their time at UCLA?
1: Uh, yeah, well, both of them had two different kind of stories, um, which was really weird because uh, Peyton was on the team when they had some really, really good veterans. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier about some of the differences and changes. Uh, you know, these guys at UCLA, uh, they have pros at his position on the wing. Uh, older guys and uh, we mm-hmm. talked about that before with more experience and being able to help coaches win right away uh, and Peyton was coming in as a highly talented freshman uh, and he didn't even play as play that much and um, he still ended up going to the draft and uh, he still was a first round pick and he's still successful so it just kind of it, it's kind of a perfect Peyton story is a perfect picture of what's going on today with the contrast between NBA prospects and and uh college guys uh, being successful at the college level and what their careers may look like moving forward. Uh, so that was very interesting. Interesting. Amari uh, was a little bit different because he had a little bit more opportunity to play. The roster shaped up a little bit better for him uh, to, to explore some of those minutes as a, as a younger player. Um, and, and still, Amari, as talented as he was, he had to still find his rhythm. He still had to figure out the college game here a little bit, you know, uh, still figure out the defensive schemes, the physicality, the things that, you know – rookies and freshmen has has the biggest problems with making those jumps Uh, and then what Ramel had talked about is opportunity because the biggest thing is opportunity these kids have talent Um, it's just a matter of how much leeway they're going to have as a freshman or a younger player to grow Uh, so Amari had an opportunity and then also there were some injuries on that team some key injuries which allowed Amari to blossom into that role True. a little faster and um, they leaned on him a lot more. So things has, things changed. So many things can change within the college game. So two same school, two of the same Cowboy players, two different routes, and they're both, you know, where they ended up where they wanted to be anyway.
2: Yeah, I, f- I forgot that the, um, some of the guys got hurt later mm-hmm. on in the year. But really, too, I mean, if you look back at it, the rosters were actually pretty much the same. It was the same guys except that Peyton had Johnny Juzang in front of him, another right. Cali guy. Right. So that was the biggest thing because b- besides that, it was Jaime, Jalen Clark, and all
1: those other guys. Just, right. but, the, but those guys are all in college forward type of guys, which Peyton is. Like right. Amari, exactly. Amari's, Amari's guard, more of a guard where he handles the ball more. Yeah. So it was a, it was a little different right. just because of the positions. You know,
0: you guys being from California, um, I feel like maybe this is just me speaking. Please. Jump in. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. I feel like there's a narrative that the Cali guys like to stay home, right? The USC's yeah. UCLA's West Coast ish. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Or is that is that not true? Is it situation by situation? Where do you guys fall with that?
2: I, I definitely think so. I mean, it's it's hard to leave Cali when you grow up there. I mean, LA is the greatest place in the world, so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard to leave. But you know, the way I looked at my recruitment, I just wanted to go where I thought was best for me, and location wasn't really such a huge thing for me. So. Uh, coming to Nebraska in the Midwest was all good.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, we're gonna clarify one thing. I, I know I've been in Cali for a long time, but I'm. I'm Can New I York. clarify? I'm. I'm a he's New a New Yorker. True. He's a. No, bad, no, 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 no. he's a New Yorker. Once a New Yorker, always a New Yorker. He's a New Yorker. Okay, that's my bad, first thing. I, no, no problem, because you know what? I or to my mother. Cali, whatever. <laughs> Cali is good with me too. You know, I'm half and half. But uh, yeah, to, to to your point though, and to Ramel's point. It is uh, very common for a lot of California guys to want to stay home or at least on the West Coast and closer to the area. Um, Obviously, it has a lot to do with California in itself as a state, uh, you know, but also I think that's just regional when you go around the region. People want to stay closer to home to have the support uh, of their family members and so on and so forth. And then a lot of it is also when guys leave from California and they experience the different climates and weather weather changes and different parts of the country a lot of those guys in Cali has never even been in snow and you know been in cold weather and things of that nature so I think along with all of the freshman uh things that happens to you when you be a freshman as far as adjustments and getting along with you know get team every all the stuff we always talk about the big a big factor is just style of living right and, and the conditions and the, the snow and the different type of buildings the different type of traffic you know all of those things I think sometimes Cali kids get a little homesick a little easier than most
0: I haven't actually visited California for any extended period of time, but I can see how that would happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, back to Rommel's point, uh, you know, college, college these days. Uh, you, you first of all, you have to definitely be comfortable where where you're living at in college, because a lot of the on-court stuff obviously is always there. You know, most of these universities have great facilities now. Uh, the opportunity for them to play and top co- conferences and be on tv and exposure it's it's kind of everywhere now right mm-hmm. um so the biggest thing with where, where cali kids is uh i would think of, like anyone else they need to try to make sure they find the best fit for their opportunity to get better to play uh and, and be successful so don't don't get caught up with the weather so you can always <laughs> go back home when you need to <laughs>
0: It's cool to see too, not that you know Lincoln, Omaha are huge basketball hotbeds, but to see the, the Los Angeles guys stick together, the Seattle you know mm-hmm. program that Jamal Crawford puts on, the, the New York City, yeah. uh, St. Louis, all these areas, even if they do go their separate places, it's awesome to see those guys go back to their roots to mm-hmm. that area and team up for events and stuff yeah, like for that. Sure.
1: For sure, for sure, I agree.
0: What, what city is the best? Are you taking LA? Are you taking New York City? Anyone else competing? Like, basketball-wise? Yeah, basketball-wise. It's
2: tough. It's tough. It just depends on the year, I feel like. But the consensus, like places that always have the top guys, I would say is Cali, New York, slash Jersey, I guess. But New York, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida. I don't know what part of Florida, but just Florida. <laughs> and then I'm gonna go with Texas. Texas mm-hmm. got some really good guys too. I think those four places are probably where you get the most at yeah. once.
1: Well, yeah, you came to the old man. I'm gonna break this whole thing down. <laughs> Give it to us. You know, I always got a story about something. Yeah. I, I never could just answer the question straight <laughs> up. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna tell you some things that that happened over the over the years. Uh, there's, there's two major things. Well, one thing is the internet, alright I'm gonna get into this. The internet. Uh, and and also, the popularity of the ba- of the basketball, and the, you know, the fact that guys were starting to get hurt playing football, the concerns that media start to bring about football. So the first thing is that New York City is the mecca of basketball, and it's always it always has been, and it probably always will be, uh, even if it's not a fact that you're comparing numbers as far as coming out. It's just what it is (laughs) right that's just what people want to call it. it's going to be the mecca of basketball Uh, when I when I talked about the internet um, when I was growing up there was no internet right so at the end of the day the top players in the country we all heard of each other right we all know the name we're reading magazines we're like okay but you don't know who that person is you don't know how they play you don't know what their style is uh, when I went into a gym in my day, I can go into a gym and look at teams and I can tell exactly what part of the country they're from just by the style of play that they have and about how really? they dressed and how they huh. act, how they talk. Uh, the Internet has changed that because everyone now is able to see styles. They're able to see styles of play. Everything is, on, is for your view. So I, I know who the guys in Texas are because I see them on TV all the time on the Internet. I know what style of play they are. Uh, they 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 play with you know because typically it was like West Coast was jump shots the the southern region of the country they were athletes and the skills level came from the, the northern east that was what the kind of how it kind of broke down northern east uh, yeah northeast I'm sorry what, what, like you know New York Boston like s- skill yeah skill set that, I'm talking about my day oh okay long time <laughs> like, ago. like straight basketball oh, okay, okay right okay. now California guys were skilled, <laughs> but I they were but I they were soft the West Coast though. is skill. <laughs> The West Coast is very skilled and soft. Let, let's say let's uh, let's even break it down a little further. Ball handling, yeah, yeah. street game
2: type of. When I say vibe, so, yeah. When right? I say skill, I mean like shooting.
1: You know. Okay, so Cal- Cali's I'm not always talking had about that dribbling. Yeah. Right, a Cali's time times. had that. I got that. A million times, but the thing is this though, Well, Cali was known to be soft. You know, that was what it was because you know they played different style and they played more of a skill. The jump shooting, where, yeah. Yeah, we didn't shoot jump shots because we grew up playing outside, so you couldn't shoot outside. You had to know how to get to the basket and so on and so forth. Texas and Florida and those states were known completely for football. Football, Right? It was known completely for football. You had guys from Florida that came out in my day because Florida was always known for athletes. I mean, those guys can jump out the gym and you always get a couple of ballers from Florida. But Florida, Georgia, Texas, all of those places were football places at the time. I did forget about Georgia. Yeah, those those are all football. Alabama, all of that. So what happened was, uh, you know, obviously... The sport has grown so much in popularity that a lot of people are starting to play more and are playing more. And it's, it's becoming, it, it became more popular, I would think, almost in football down in the South. So, another thing is geographically, California and Texas are the two biggest states in the country. Right. Okay, so no matter what kind of census we're doing, there's going to be more people from those two states and <laughs> whatever right. you're trying to <laughs> judge, right? Okay. Especially when you talk about New York City. New York City is tiny. Compared to the whole state of California and the whole state of Texas, mm-hmm. that's right
2: true. But I mean, even just even just guys from LA alone, like you
1: don't even have to say yeah, the yeah. whole state of California. Yeah, you, can you just say I'm not taking away from that. You can just say LA. Yeah, I got you. I'm, you I'm just have
2: all the whole catalog of no. I I, I, of,
1: I agree. I agree. But but the whole question was like where the best players coming from, and the and what I'm trying to break down is that. The, the change and why people are coming from different places and all over the place. No, you broke it down. Right. You broke it down. Yeah, I broke it, broke With it down. With that New York handle. So, so. was that? Dribbled a million times. Yeah, have to Rock. Yeah. I get, and I didn't even play like that. So it, <laughs> yeah, because okay. he just wanted to score. He wasn't trying to dribble. Right. I didn't play that way. So, But I got the best of both worlds because I grew up playing in New York against, the, especially during my time, the best players in the country. It was hands down. It wasn't close. It wasn't even a competition in my era of mm-hmm. where the best basketball players came from. That's true. Uh, and in in the early 90s and late 90s, California was always up there too, of course, cuz it was, you know, they had some great players too, but at the end of the day, the point, the question basically was where the best players come from. And I, I say it's hard to judge now because
0: of all those different factors. DP would be very disappointed in me if I didn't stick up for his DMV.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I, DC I call areas. that. Yeah. that's Northeast. That's yeah. what I call Northeast. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess that's that's right. part of that whole you're area sure. to me. Okay.
0: DP would just yeah. want that mentioned separately, so he's trying to get boss man happy. No, I think he's
1: all right. He's probably at a buffet at the win right now or something. So Let he, me pull up know, his Twitter real yeah, quick. Because I think he'd be okay.
0: What, I'm just amazed Rico is still alive. Like, I, thought gonna, I thought that little dude's head was going to blow up out of excitement. Uh,
1: Rico, Rico's. my guy.
0: But he's with pros, right? We have DP. Yeah. He's been around the block. We got yeah. Strick, you know, yeah. who handles yeah. it. So he went with a good crew. I'll yeah, give him yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's still he's still excited though. I see his every every couple <laughs> minutes he got a new picture up. I gotta get on Twitter. I did even see it. Yeah, they they doing their thing out there. I mean, you got you got you got the summer league. You got the UFC stuff. And wasn't there a fight this weekend too? A boxing match yeah. in Vegas mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Who? You a
0: boxing guy? You know? I know. I saw him asking. You're the boxing guy. I'm a I huge boxing that. guy. Ooh, yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, let me see. I saw it on Twitter somewhere, but.
0: Well, I know you have uh, Spence Crawford coming up at the end of the month. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
1: They're going to be out of of country here.
2: I think we're going to be flying while the the fight's going on. I'm going to find a way to watch it on that plane.
0: That's right. I'm definitely
2: going to be watching that one.
0: (laughs) You're pulling for Bud, right? You're Nebraska guys now?
2: I'm a, yes, we're, we're pulling for butt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: I'm not too much of a boxing
0: uh, guy. I, I enjoy I do, it,
2: but I like him. I, I do love Spence, though, but I, I got to be a Nebraska guy right now. <laughs> Let's go Bud.
0: Perfect answer. Let's take our first break of the show. We'll be back with the Lloyds after this. You're listening to Lloyds and Lincoln with your hosts, Ramel Lloyd Sr. and Ramel Lloyd Jr., Let's get it. Segment two here, Lloyds in Lincoln. I'm Boss Norman, joined by the Lloyds, senior on my right, junior on the left. We were talking about Summer League, and uh, Mel, one of your teammates playing in Summer League, Sam Greasel up in Boston. Cool opportunity for him.
2: Definitely. I I definitely uh, took a look, and uh, he's doing what he always does, you know, being an all-around guy. A uh, really good floor game he had the other day, so I'm proud of him.
0: That's awesome. Teammates with a guy that Played at Nebraska for a couple of years in Delano Banton. Um, mm-hmm. Thought he was going to get the first triple-double in school history. Didn't, but that's all right. And then some other Huskers, Bryce and Trey McGowan's in there. And then yeah. Isaiah Roby, too. Roby's the one that I was a little surprised to see, given that he's been in the league yeah. that mm-hmm. long. But that's, of course, not necessarily how you know, summer league goes, I guess.
1: Not anymore, at least. Yeah, not anymore. But. Yeah, a lot
2: of guys just do it, even if they have contracts, just to stay in shape or just get ready for a season. I mean, you've seen uh, Champagne from the Spurs. He just yeah. got what a four-year deal, and he's out there playing like he's trying to get a contract. So,
1: yeah, I mean, there's two, there's two levels because some people are trying to. Okay, there's three different levels. You know, I'm like, you know, I gotta break it down again.
0: Um, At the rim, mid-range. Yeah, three, right. I gotta, I, I gotta, break, I gotta break it down again. It.
1: There's some guys on the roster just to be on the roster so they can create a great overseas opportunity for them whether they play or not, the name being on the NBA roster is going to warrant attention from overseas and can boost their contract. Then there's guys that have an opportunity to make the team, the actual team, and they're playing for a roster spot for either the team that they're playing for or showcasing for everyone else that's in there. Mm -hmm. And then there's guys that's already on contract and they're playing to show their dominance in the summer league to earn minutes on the main team. So that's kind of how some league teams are, are broke down.
2: That was a quick little breakdown. That was nice. That wasn't. I didn't take too long. That wasn't. That wasn't bad. That, that wasn't. Was a good
1: one. I didn't go as long as I usually do. So, pause. It, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say it all air, but definitely pause. <laughs> definitely. The the summer league mindset is one that I think would be hard to get over. Right for guys that are you know fighting for that opportunity either it's four minutes to dominate, it's for mm-hmm. the roster spot, or it's even, like you said, overseas. I feel like that mindset would be hard to get into and out of if you're the wrong type of player, right? Just buckets, 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 me, me, me. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough where maybe your game isn't getting buckets. Maybe you have been a role guy. I, I, I don't feel bad for guys because they're in the NBA, they're playing yeah, in Summer sure. League, but those guys that are just glue guys that fill the cracks in, I feel like it, it, you got to really trust the scout's eye. Right yeah. to trust you're doing the right thing.
2: Yeah. No, definitely. It, settings like that are definitely difficult. I mean, I wouldn't compare it to, like, going to camps or anything like that because obviously it's still an NBA coach is coaching you and you guys still get some practice. But if you're a type of guy that needs a structured team setting where you're doing certain things for the team to show what you do and you're on a summer league team and it's kind of like more of guys just kind of doing their own thing and showing off their skills – outside of the team it is kind of difficult to show like what you can do but i mean i think for the guys like that i think you just go out there and play hard and do what you do anyways Mm -hmm. you know i I think scouts notice that type of player anyways regardless of if they're scoring or not so
1: dad what you think yeah yeah two a couple different things um you know my advice to any young player is always just do what you do well you know be yourself right I, i wouldn't I wouldn't go out and try to show them something um, that you can't do. That's what a lot of guys have an issue with doing. Like if you have a reputation of coming out of college, and say you didn't shoot the ball as well, right? You shot it at low three point percentage, but you know you were a monster going to the basket, and your two point field goal was great, and you and you, you get fouled a lot and things like that. Just keep doing that, right? Get just don't don't go out there and trying to show them something that you weren't <laughs> not well not didn't do well, right? You want to get yourself in a position where you can show how good you are at what you do. Get an opportunity to move forward with that team or organization, and then work on those things that you had as as weaknesses. So, but back to your point, though, yeah, it's really it's really hard to play in that situation um, because there's more to it than just basketball. You also have uh, a lot of summer league teams are completely built for their first round guys, and they're developing and their development. So they're there to make sure that those guys get the opportunities, the shots they need, and so on and so forth. So if you're coming in as a free agent. You know, uh, whatever the case may be, it's it's difficult for you to kind of do your job when the team is based for the young guys to to perform and get their experience.
0: Hearing that message from your dad, did he push that on you growing up? Do what you do well.
2: Yeah, always. I mean, settings like that. Uh, I grew up with the ball in my hands, so settings like camps and things like that. It was it was it was kind of made a little bit for my game, I would say, mm-hmm. because I'd be able to create for myself and others. But I know it's definitely difficult for guys that rely on other people to create for them. So, but growing mm-hmm. up, it was it was it wasn't too bad for me.
1: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Big difference between AAU camp and then going <laughs> into an NBA camp. We had a whole we had a whole different set of rules. I, maybe I'll share our set of rules that you have for. AAU camps when you're young when you're trying a- to get a- the a- camps. recognition. Not gonna lie, uh, <laughs> well, don't well, have... first the first one is never take the ball out of bounds Don't <laughs> take the ball out. Of never. That, that's the first one, right? Uh, if you have the ball in your hand, you have to make a play. You not. You not. You can't pass it up unless somebody's going to get a layup and you're going to get your assist. <laughs> Are you're creating to make either a shot for yourself or a shot for a teammate, but not just a regular pass and then Because if you in that at that time right, you pass the yeah. ball up, so you're they never touching. You're, you're, you're not
2: getting it's back. So yeah, you know. gotta you gotta kind of in those camp settings. If you're trying to show out, you gotta then you got to put your dominance on your team early first it's really you got to fight it. you got to play against your team first <laughs> you're right. so you're right. the first thing is you play against the team they <laughs> going to know that when i get this rock i'm shooting it or doing something with it yeah, they and gotta, they going to have to respect it. that the whole camp yeah you got to so that. that's the first part and then you just got to play well and yeah. sometimes playing like that against your own team too it doesn't help your case of playing well for yourself no, no. because <laughs> you're so focused on trying to get off and not really playing the team game Cause no one else is, then you <laughs> yeah. kind of yeah. you start
1: acting out of character too. So it's 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 tough. But yeah, because uh, yeah, we because we had complete dif- uh, different philosophies when it came to our team game and how I'm um, – you know how we're teaching, how I'm teaching them to play, and how he plays normally. You know that's not how right. he plays. But, but if you don't have that yeah. mindset, you're
2: not yeah. gonna sh- you're not gonna get the ball. You're not gonna ever touch. So it. It's either, it's either, so it's either it's either it's either it's either I'm going zero for twenty, <laughs> or I'm not touching the ball at all. Right. So.
1: Right. you gotta just live with the results. <laughs> I'm going rather go zero for twenty <laughs> <Yeah>. than not <laughs> yeah. touch the ball. My yeah. <laughs> yeah. NBA camps obviously is different because of, you know a different level. Of. Most most of the guys on summer league teams anyway that are not contract guys are coming in as role players and regardless of how talented they are. Uh, you know, that's that's why we see in the game that now that a lot of guys uh seem to be more talented and you'd be like, Why isn't this guy in the league or why it's probably because what they do best is score the ball or what they mm-hmm. do best is, is what you know, they have the ball in their hand. And at the end of the day, going into the league a lot of times, no matter how talented you are, they're already paying somebody hundreds of million dollars to do what you do best.
0: Right. So
1: you're not gonna come in with that opportunity to shoot the ball. You could shoot it better than that person. Doesn't matter, you, you know. If they paying them a hundred something million dollars. That's who going to get those shots. So a lot of times we see guys in the NBA that that just are outstanding at their role and they find a niche, right, to to get into the league and then they succeed from there. Stars in their role. Stars in their role, stars in their role. And most and, and what the average fan doesn't understand and see is that most stars in their roles were, were they were stars before they became a they star the in dude. their role. Yeah, yeah. Oh, everybody in the league was a dude at some point. It ain't, mm-hmm. There's not many guys in the league that got all the way there just because of their role play. At some point in their career, they had to be a guy.
2: That is true. There, so, you know, I, I have been seeing though, a lot of guys that, were in college playing a certain role that actually mm-hmm. have gone to. Recently, I think there's been more guys that played a role in college that actually went up to the next level. Yeah, and just played the same role without having to be a guy in college necessarily.
1: Yeah, I I, I see that. Like, I
2: mean, I even this year's draft. I mean, you got Jalen Clark, mm-hmm. who wasn't necessarily a role guy in college, but I mean, he was a yeah. defender, wing, athletic, did, and he did a little bit of everything. And it wasn't like he was just out there shooting shots. Yep. And yeah, and then you got Chase Audige, who yeah, he averaged about 14 points a game, I believe, or something like that. But he was still a defender, steals leader. Right, yeah, right. He was sure. a defender. I mean, first, I mean, whatever. But that, and team. that's
1: still rare, though. So, you know, like, so, you, for guys to do that. Yeah, it's still rare. I'm just saying, there's more
2: rare. you're saying, I think now because NBA is looking for those guys to come in and be a Draymond Green and be a Grant Williams or be a, a defender, or
1: something. a 3D guy. Right, exactly. That's where all of the length and everything else come in because they figure if they can get a six six to six ten guy. And that guy can defend multiple positions. He can hit the open three and and, and play great defense, run the floor. He's perfect for it to sit him next to a superstar that's going to have the ball in his hands. So right, it's right. all kind of jobs in the league. You just got to find your fit and your niche.
0: That's just the thing. What's it been like for you as you approach the second offseason, right? You've had your, your, freshman, your freshman year to learn, grow. What's that process been like of finding your role with a, a kind of new batch of teammates this year?
2: Yeah, I mean – Coach, Coach has a plan and vision for me, and I just try to execute that at the, at the highest level. You know, uh, I'll be I'll be playing in the guard, obviously, and have the ball in my hands a lot of the times, and just making plays for myself and others will be my role. Um, hopefully, you know, what I'm looking forward to be doing. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> we start where well, we start Monday. Yeah, Monday. We start Woo! we start Monday, really uh, playing and doing things like that. So, you know, looking forward to carving out a good role for myself.
0: You mentioned that you had the ball in your hands a lot growing up, right? And yeah. tall, lanky as you are, I think back in the day you might have been a wing, right? Played a lot of three, and I'm sure you still have. But you mm-hmm. said you're going to be a guard, right? So, yeah. Rock, as you see that, he's going to have the ball in his hands handling it. Mm-hmm. How important was it for him to get those fundamentals of dribbling, just careful ball handling down from the get-go?
2: Let me get this one. I'm going okay, I'm to I'm get this one before Rock. So, actually, growing up, I've always played point guard. So, growing up, I've always played the point uh, since I was a little kid. Dad put the ball in my hands and said, you're going to be a point. You know, I was always really tall, but obviously pops is about 6'4", 6'5". My mom's not very tall, so he knew that I wasn't going to be some 6'9", 6'10 guy. So from day one, I, I had the ball in my hands. Uh, I wound up getting pretty tall early. I was about 6'5", in middle school, and I was still playing the point. And as I, as the levels grew, as I got older, I continued to play the points at that size. And at sometimes playing with other good guys at my position that were smaller than me, I would have to get pushed over a little bit to the two or the three. But growing up uh, to this day, I, I still play the point. So uh, the only reason why I got pushed as more of a wing at sometimes was because of how I had to play due to my other teammates being smaller guys that were also very good at the position.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that quite sums it up. It's You know, people are always saying that, uh, he has to make a transition from the wing to the one, and it's just opposite. Yes, which, opposite. Is, which is funny <laughs> to us. <laughs> People always say that and think that, um, but his his transition was actually opposite because um, he was he was brought up as a point guard. He always he had a pass for us mentality always as a young kid. Um, except
0: for AAU camps, apparently. Except for no, for AAU camps, camps. I was, <laughs>
1: not AAU basketball, but camps. Camps. Yeah, so sure. you have you have to do. Yeah, what you, yeah, you can do ask to get about get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, they know
0: I was at
1: you. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's that's a so being a playing a PG is is nothing new to what we're used to. I mean, it's just that the fact that uh, he did grow to be six six and very long and and, and lanky. So at the end of the day, uh, he's his versatility is is key because um moving forward and especially in the game now. Where they're trying to go to a positionless basketball and everyone does a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, I think Ramel's value is extremely high. That he's had the opportunity to play all of these different positions as he's he's come up. So he's very comfortable at the one, two, and the small three, if needed. He yes. can guard all the all positions one to one through uh, three, and sometimes even four, depending on the size. Uh, and he can play all of those positions as well. So
2: exactly, uh, I, yeah. I I think I'm just a basketball player. You know, just a straight basketball player, and I can do everything and succeed at any position so looking forward to doing that
0: yeah and that's awesome because i think we hear so many stories of guys who you know grow early right they get big early Mm -hmm. and they never get those fundamentals down they're not Mm -hmm. dribbling their coaches just stick them underneath the basket hey you're tall throw it off the backboard till it goes in but the reverse i mean that's i'm gonna say that's how you got to college right for Mm -hmm. learning those Mm -hmm. skills early not just the physical skills too but having the mentality of a point guard Mm -hmm. To know where everyone else is on the court, direct the traffic like that. I mean, you got to go both ways,
2: right? That's thanks to my dad. Though. I mean, mm-hmm. Any any random father that doesn't understand the game and and would even look at me and say, "Cause I was, I mean, I was huge as a little kid. So if my dad didn't play basketball and understand how it works and. And what I needed to do, I would probably be a center right now, a six six center, <laughs> yeah, looking playing for that, a playing dude, that. Dude yeah, to play looking at, for. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, yeah.
1: no, I, I, you know, we never, we never allow him to play uh, what they essentially call bully ball, uh, just because he was more advanced as size and more physical and more athletic when he was than than the average person he was playing against at that age. Like I, I didn't allow him to to do that. You know, like I play, I had him at the point he had to play the right way. Uh, he had to pass when people were open. Um, he had to use his pull-up jump shot. I don't care if the the center was a foot smaller than him. If that was the right shot, that's where I made. You know, that's how we made him play, and uh, he was able to grow up playing that way. Uh, and I, it's you know, obviously, it's gonna it's gonna pan out, and everybody will see real soon.
0: We're yeah. all excited. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Was Me it ever, was it ever hard to? not play bully ball right you're that much bigger is it hard to you know consistently do things the right way as a young kid growing up
2: yeah it was hard sometimes when i was playing my own age but a lot of times i would play up anyways and i really wouldn't be able to Mm -hmm. so like through middle school i was playing up at the highest level possible and grades above so that bully ball stuff was not gonna work (laughs)
0: and
1: that's part of that's part of making sure that your kids have opportunity to play at a higher physical level, uh, as well, <clears throat> and also understanding they should be playing at their own age as well to continue to develop the the confidence uh, that they need to develop, uh, and and just be able to have the creativity, also that they wouldn't be able to have at an older age. But you need that you need to play against older kids as well. Uh, so you can understand the physicality, how to play against size, against length, against... So you start, you learn those things early. Like, people are always wondering, like, some of these really small guards, and you'd be like, wow, he's he's really good. how do he get that shot off him? Well, he's been small his whole life. So he's been playing that way his whole life. So it's a lot of times being smaller in this game is an advantage because there's no one else down there with you. So if you if you're you know, constantly growing up and playing and you're doing bully ball constantly and you, we call them what high school buckets. Like, we we watch Mm -hmm. high school kids and we evaluate them and we say, well, you know, he had 30, but 23 of them were high school buckets is what we call them. Uh, And then that kind of how, does that game translate over to the next level? Um, Because you can't do, half your points are eliminated because you can't (laughs) even do that at the next level. So just back to the point, um, playing with older people uh, will make you, figure out how to get your shot off and you know not be the best not be the strongest on the court at all times and you know understanding how to play the game and angles and things of that nature
0: learn some of those problem solving skills absolutely. creativity yeah absolutely and I love your point too it's not either your either your age or up it's yeah, both it should right? be both
1: it should be a little bit of both I would I would I would recommend that to people
0: right to the point where you know not getting burned out and not not taking tired of basketball mm-hmm. but sprinkle in experience both ways because you you can have the best of both worlds it's all out there
1: yeah no no definitely even if even if you don't even play games against uh older guys even if you just practice with a team that's older and you continue to play your age group but you just got to have a sense of playing uh against older people because at the end of the day what happens is that most most athleticism size strength and all that levels out at some point as the guys get older right Mm -hmm. uh and then it becomes becomes a skills thing you know when you're young uh, you know I don't Ramel got his first college offer in the seventh grade at UNLV um he was starting to dunk then and you know be more physical and at that age if you see a young kid dunking and getting that kind of attention you say wow he's gonna be great but then as time goes by you notice Everybody can dunk at you know, you by the time you get to ninth, tenth grade, like no one cares about a dunk. What, you can't, right? uh, yeah? Like, yes, you, it's almost like you should be able to dunk. So, those were the days, yeah. You got to continue to your, your skill set is the most important aspect of the game because all of the athleticism and size on it, it levels out at some point. So, that's important. That's important for young hoopers out there.
0: Last thing in this segment, Mel, remember your first dunk?
1: I don't remember the
2: exact first dunk. I remember my first body though. Oh yeah. First okay. Dunk, Same thing.
0: Man. Tell yeah. us about it.
2: My first in game dunk, I dunked on somebody. I don't know Woo! how I did it. I don't know. I don't know, I know. <laughs> because I wasn't even dunking consistently yet. Yeah. I just I was having a good game. We were at this place called the map in Orange County, my favorite gym ever. A lot of <laughs> yeah. championships there. I'm yeah. like I might I might be top five all the time in that gym. Woo! I can't lie. Uh but I were on the break, some kid was kinda like on the side of me kind of. I took a dribble and I just rose up. He jumped straight up with me and I, I dunked. I, I, yeah, I was I was what very grade confused. was that?
1: Uh, I think that was the seventh grade. Yeah, sixth, seventh grade. Going into seventh grade. Yeah, it was it was really weird because he he definitely wasn't dunking consistently yeah. yet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he was just starting to dunk, and then all of a sudden he dunks on the kid in the game. I'm like, yeah, we were all confused. Like everybody <laughs> was like, confused. Like, <laughs> like nobody. It was really <laughs> weird. Is that <laughs> my kid? Because nobody reacted to it. Like yeah. I didn't
2: react. I kind of just. Yeah. Kind of ran back like <laughs> you know you know I actually I was acting like I've been, I've done that before I was <laughs> capping <laughs> and everybody else was
1: just looking at me like what in the world just happened yeah it was weird but it was pretty cool I was I was coaching at the time so I, you know I was always super hard on Ramel as a coach so I I wouldn't react to anything he done well he's he did well anyway. So I just kind of had to turn my head away from the crowd, and I I had to smile at that one. I I was actually. Do you remember,
2: like, did we talk about that afterwards? Yeah, afterward it was (laughs) like,
1: yo, what the, you know, like, yo, what was that? And nobody in the gym said anything. They just kind of was just like looking because it it was it was weird. It was weird. Good times though.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I hope there's video out there somewhere. I hope someone got it.
2: Somebody definitely (sighs) got got it, but we was up by about thirty. They they wasn't giving that up. Yeah, because it high. was a good like they were a good team too. So it was like a a, a matchup supposedly when they got smacked. So they wasn't yeah. happy
1: about that. We had a lot of issues when we was young with grown <laughs> grown parents and stuff hating my kid. I, we always had one of the top teams in the area. So uh, you know, kids on my team always had a lot of recognition. Not just Ramel, but just uh, the, the whole team. T- the whole team. Yeah, the were, monster were, team. we were, <laughs> were really good. Like I guess through from fourth all the way through eighth grade, we uh, probably was the best team on the West Coast for years. Uh, and and that 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 grew a lot of hate and jealousy for people around. Um, <laughs>
0: hate you because they ain't you. I
1: think we gotta sad. go on break. Is it break time? I'm sorry, I'm running. We my gotta mind. go on break.
2: Yeah,
0: we'll, break time. We'll break take time. a break. Yep, we'll be up. back. Wrap up All next. Right. We over here <laughs> chatting. You're listening to Lloyd's and Lincoln with your hosts Ramel Lloyd Senior and Ramel Lloyd Junior. That's right. We're back. One final segment here with Lloyd for this weekend. Rock, you were talking about Wemby. Yeah. Didn't really put on a show in his debut. Two of 13, but yeah. eight rebounds, five blocks, nine points. Eh. Yeah, eh.
1: yeah, yeah. I was, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier about how exciting everybody wants to, to see the kid play. Uh, and, I, you know, he didn't he didn't probably have the performance that he expected to or wanted to, but that's just the first summer league game. I think the kid is going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple of things. A couple of things happen. Obviously, he's a big. First of all, right. I mean, the game is not even designed for bigs even more to really get off, especially where he plays. Uh, so he's. I think he's just trying to figure out what his role is on that team, and you know, um, be, get getting the ball in the right spots. They don't know his role. He's still got other people trying to make the team and not worrying about making sure he's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so like what I saw, I saw him at the top of the key a lot. You know, he's setting screening roles. Um, he just didn't look comfortable in what the what his role was or uh, understanding what he where he needed to get off at. Um, every time he tried to go, he's facing up, he's handling. I, then there's two people on both wings, kind of just sitting there, and the defense is sitting there. He, I didn't see him have any space uh, to do anything that he needed to do to play the way he needed to play. He's not a traditional big, so they're trying to they was trying to use him as a traditional big screen and roll or just post up. And I think he just does a little bit of everything. Um, I, I loved his I loved his ball handling when he was in space. Um, I, I, I thought that maybe he was trying to do a little too much. He was starting to do some counter moves before he even started to just do his regular movie, seven, whatever, with a nice touch. The first thing in the post is catch, turn around and shoot. Right. Nobody's going to stop that. you now, now can't once, get a hand up. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, there's no need to, you know, bump, pump fake this way, step back, just turn around and shoot over him. Right. Get your rhythm going, make a couple shots. And if they make an okay. adjustment, now you can go into your counters. Um, but what I did like about him is that his fluidity and his size, he was able to get where he wanted to go on the court, basically when there was space. Uh, and I like the way he moved. Obviously, he has to get a little stronger. Uh, and those jump shots will fall. If he hit two or three of those jump shots earlier, we'll be talking about a different game.
0: Well, he said the biggest thing afterwards was the conditioning, right? Hadn't played yeah, in a while, yeah, season yeah, was over. absolutely.
1: I, um, my take
2: on it, I got like three things to say. I had it in my mind just now thinking, and now I kind of forgot about him, but we're going to try to win. That was quick. Yeah, I already <laughs> forgot. But I was going to say, I think, I was going to agree with you that he definitely had no space to work. I mean, we were watching the game live, and I'm just seeing three guys right next to him, and he's already seven five, so he needs all the space in the world. Mm-hmm. So they really weren't trying to they were they were really trying to help him out with that, and then also I I really liked how it went me even after the game, you know he didn't play great. I think he knew that, but I just loved his like demeanor and how he how he went about it. You know he he he, he acknowledged that he hasn't you know, excuse me hasn't been in conditioning and hasn't been a part of the team, and he even said I I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah. and I, I really feel like just that mindset, and he understands that he needs to learn and. and and figure out what's going on. So I think once he figures it out, I mean, he was nervous too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he got that first game out the way. You, you, Dad talked about the fluidity and how and what the things he can do. Once he gets the the nervousness and understands what he needs to do, I think it's a whole another story.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's on, he's
2: special. Like yeah, I mean, that's, there's no yeah. doubt about it. Seven five dude moving like that is is unreal. I mean, it's you. We've seen it too. I mean, versus G League Ignite. Um, yeah, wh- right. way back when right. they played he against yeah i mean he was 37 he was dominant. it was ridiculous he was on his own team he knew he was getting right. the
1: ball he knew the comfort level it's like we said it's all about opportunity
2: comf- comfortness you know mm-hmm. at-, at any level no matter who you are comfortable like even lebron lost his confidence at one point so how we get back to lebron he just, <laughs> <right> now, <laughs> what it's, it's we talk show, about every show
1: got to do it you got to hear lebron <laughs> from this kid every show do you see the coach they calling him now you see he's Le coaching coach. the zybl team yeah the coach LeBron is coaching yeah, yeah. No, and Rondo, no right? because
2: I'm saying like in, in 2011, LeBron lost his confidence. <laughs> and you, you see what happened. Well, yeah, he
1: had a tough series against uh, Dallas, I think. that Yeah, was. that's like, what I'm saying. Kind of had a little meltdown. Yeah, but, yeah. So
2: it yeah, doesn't matter who you are. It can happen <laughs> yeah. to anyone. You yeah. can be
1: nervous. Something can happen. You just
2: won't be yourself no matter who you are or how good you are. Yeah.
0: yeah. Camp starts tomorrow. Is that right? Before yes, you sir. head overseas?
2: Yeah. Uh, final practices before we head overseas. So probably going to really, you know, go hard. You start just... tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, oh, tomorrow. Wow. So, final practices. We're in the gym all week. Looking forward to going overseas, you know, getting my feet wet a little bit and just having some fun with my guys. So,
0: awesome. look forward to it. Back out on court, playing games. Yes, sir. We're excited. Yes, Enjoy, sir. Enjoy. Enjoy the final practices. Fellas, thanks as always for coming in. We'll do yeah, it next week.
1: Yeah, Shout out to Austin. Hold it down. Great job. Sweet. Appreciate guy. you guys.
0: It's been Lloyds and Lincoln. We got the breeze with Tasta Breezy coming up next. Yes, S- Ski.